as a veteran, small business owner, what can we do for you? What we can all do for all veteran business owners is promote each other. My main mission was to look at tools of technology to leverage small business and give them more of a competitive advantage. My mission for Red Arm Bargains is very simple, to help vets. That story in itself, to run for Vista City Council, is a journey. I think this is an opportunity to really collaborate with those gone before us. It's really kind of a labor of love. And now your host. Welcome, everyone, to the National Veterans Radio Show Network. And we're here with uh, my colleague, uh, Dali, our our host for the show. I'm the co-host today. So, Dali, you want to tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, thank you, Joe. Yeah, so I'm a 10-year Army veteran, and I own a business called Dali Talks LLC, where I teach parents how to you know, defend their kids, how to um, advocate for them against bullying, especially when it comes to having to go to schools. And I give a lot of prevention and awareness education to them. That's really cool because uh, I think bullying is, is uh, getting rid of bullying is important. I know it happens a lot in schools, but one thing that we also have is uh, we have bullying in the workplace, bullying in the communities, bullying in the political arena, and it's just bullying all around. So I'm right. glad you are, you, you are uh, around and be able to uh, uh, help us with that. But today we're going to focus on the legal stuff. And we have one, uh, uh, I think, in, in my opinion, is the best business lawyer around. Uh, Kelly is, uh, is a resident of California. Uh, she, she runs a, a law firm, an upscale law firm, and uh, she basically supports the chamber on and when I talked to her, honestly, all my questions were answered in a way that I actually understood the answers. And there was no, you know, bouncing back and forth, you know, um, gray areas. She was very clear in her answers. And I said, Kelly, we need someone like you. So we created the, the legal, first we started with legal Tuesdays. And then, uh, then we move into a segment of the, of the national radio show. Uh, to bring this to a, even a wider audience. So today we're going to be interviewing Kelly with your help. And uh, I know you have experience on hosting, so you're going to have to kind of help me with that. Um, <laughs> I'm not really good at that kind of stuff. But so uh, if uh, Jim is ready, our producer, to bring Kelly in, then we can introduce Kelly or, and give her a, a minute to introduce herself as well. Hi, Kelly. Hello, Joe. It's always a pleasure to see you. Uh, likewise, likewise. So, and we'd like to ask you two things. One is to introduce yourself. Let us know a little bit of what you do, who you are, and where you are. And also a disclaimer that we have to uh, uh, state it, state every time. Fantastic. I am a business attorney here in San Diego, California. And I too, Joe, am an entrepreneur. And I've always said it takes an entrepreneur to understand another entrepreneur. So that's, that's why our firm, Bagler Law Firm, thrives by helping entrepreneurs of all different walks of life. And what we love doing here is turning passions into profits. Passions into profits. I like that. Yes. And uh, disclaimer, because I am an attorney, so any information that I share with you today, it's only for informational purposes, and it does not create an attorney-client relationship. Okay, great. Thank you for that disclaimer. Uh, 
I know it's very important. <laughs> yes. And today uh, we have a very important topic. You want to tell us what it is, Kelly? This seems to confuse people, not just brand new entrepreneurs, but seasoned entrepreneurs too. And it's got to do with a private company raising funds. They can raise funds to just start the company, promote the, uh, the products or services, or even take the company to the next level where they want to grow either nationwide or even international wise also. So the focus today is going to be on where can you find the money? Typically, it would you would go to an investor. So there, there are two types of investors. And uh, Dahlia she is shaking her head saying, yes, I know all about that. Because without money, you know, the business doesn't even have a chance to start. First and foremost, we love investors. Those are the ones that have money. We love them. That being said, two types of investors. We have unregistered investors and we have registered investors. Anytime any company is dealing with money, that is overseen, that transaction, and, and they are actually issuing stock to an investor. That transaction is overseen by the Securities and Exchange Commission the SEC. Okay. And the SEC says that's perfectly fine company, you can issue stock for money, however, you have to follow our rules. So if a company is raising money, traditionally, they had to register with the SEC, which was a very expensive process. And mm. it would literally take thousands, hundreds and thousands of dollars to register. So small companies said, we can't do this, give us another way. So the SEC said, okay, fine, we'll give you some exemptions. So anytime a private company is raising funds, they must follow SEC rules and regulations. If they don't, that is a criminal offense and the company could pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines. Oh, wow. So it is a criminal offense to do that. It is, exactly. Anytime I, I share that with, with clients and, and other people, they, they usually look at me and say, well, thank God, you know, I'm not in jail. <laughs> <laughs> right. So not just, you just don't just get a ticket. You actually could be in jail. Absolutely. That, For one yeah, I think? have a question. So these uh, companies that are registered or unregistered, right? Do, does it matter which one you use and uh, with your budget or with your cap? Is there a cap to say like Dolly Talks wants to raise a million dollars? If I go with a registered or an unregistered person, does my budget change? The budget doesn't change, no. However, your disclosures will change drastically. So going back to the unregistered, the unregistered investors are usually family and friends, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes people have even thrown in an extra F, which is false. So family, <laughs> friends and false, but those are the unregistered ones. And you have to disclose a lot of information to, to those unregistered investors. The major difference between the registered and unregistered is the company could be held liable both um, financially and criminally if they don't follow or disclose enough information to family and friends. The registered investors, they actually fall under something that's called, they, they must be an accredited investor. And what that basically means is that they have enough financial savviness and the funds 
to actually sustain a loss of their investment. Mm -hmm. And what would fall under the definition of a, an accredited investor would be they have to have at least the net worth must be at least a million dollars or more. Hmm. They so, have a lot writing on it. Wow. They do, exactly. So, so for example, if we decide to go with a registered investor, so an, an accredited investor, the accredited investor already knows that this is a risk. They could lose all of their money as long as you disclose that this is a startup or what, what have you that you're using the money for. And if, for example, the company doesn't take off and they have to file for bankruptcy or they close, at that point, the investor, because he or she is an accredited investor, is barred or unable to sue the company for any of the funds. So that's the major difference here. With unregistered investors, the company can get sued and be held liable for the, the, the payment. Mm -hmm. With the registered investors, the company's not held liable. Okay, and that's that's a good point because uh, uh, there are way more unaccredited or unregistered investors. I mean, I think um, that would like to like in the days of the peer-to-peer -peer lending, uh, where we were able to invest five thousand, ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars to a startup. Um, that um, that's no longer in existence unless. Um, they decide to invest in a startup. And how do we, I guess the question to you, Kelly, is if someone is not accredited, is not a, an, is an uncredited investor, so not credit investor, and wants to invest in a new startup company, let's say Dali Talks, wants to invest $10,000 with Dali. So uh, in order to do that, can she promote that opportunity uh, to, to the general public? That's a great question, Joe. And many of people have actually gotten in trouble because they haven't followed these rules and regulations set mm. by the SEC. Now, in that situation, it really depends, Dali, whether you're actually going to be issuing ownership, issuing stock to mm. the investor, the unregistered investor. So let, let's take um, crowdfunding, for example. It's a platform where you can raise money from the general public. But one thing that you'll notice in all of these crowdfunding campaigns is that the company does not issue stock. It's not issuing securities. So the okay. SEC doesn't commit, uh, doesn't fall, fall within the, the scope there. So they're usually giving away promos, T-shirts, products that they'll, they'll create once they have the money. So um, if you were going to raise $10,000, you could ask family and friends, and uh, if you are not going to issue them stock, you're perfectly fine. However, if you do issue them stock, then even if it's five or $10,000, you still have to follow the SEC laws and regulations. Everything has to be documented and you're not allowed to go out and publicly announce over the radio, hey guys, I'm raising money for stock. That's a complete mm. uh, illegal action under the SEC. So you have to keep it within the circle of your friends, family, and the fools around you who are going to give you money. So I'm, I'm a happy fool, so I can uh, invest money on Dali Talks, right? Absolutely, exactly. Because, but because I know Dali. Yes, okay. yes, exactly. Okay. But if you go out like to the general public and say, 
I don't know you, I don't know you, you don't know me, and you're trying to raise money from the general public in that respect by issuing stock in your company, that's a no-no. Okay. I have a question. So then if I want to go to an investor and I want to make sure that this investor is accredited and registered, is there somewhere on their website that it should be mentioned or do I just need to directly ask someone there? Normally, it would all be in paperwork. So the way I draft documents for my clients that are looking for funding, they're very heavily, they're very complex, the documents are, and they're very heavily SEC regulated, meaning that there's going to be a questionnaire. So we do hold the investors to uh, what they say they are, such as being an accredited investor. So there's a questionnaire that they would have to fill out literally saying they are an accredited investor. That way you're covering your uh, legality um, responsibilities if anything comes down the pipeline and the investor decides to sue. So you would actually ask the investor straight out. Plus, you would have to have them sign something to say, yes, they are an accredited investor. So that's a good question, Dali. I have another one for you, Kelly. Uh, um, so if the, um, let's say I'm, Investing, I'm keep using Dali for for uh, for for simplicity. I'm gonna invest with Dali on, on her company, but I'm not gonna get shares of her company. But I want a percentage of the sales of, of that she's making. Is that part of the SEC or that's separate? That's completely separate. That's a great question too, Joe. Absolutely great. So there's a couple of ways that a company can raise money. The two prominent ways is one, obviously issuing stock, ownership in the company. The other one is actually issuing a loan. So for example, you say you want to give Dali $10,000. And then you're going to say, okay, you, you, you don't have to pay me back immediately, but I would like a percentage of the sales that you've made. And those terms can be completely private between the individuals as to what the terms are going to look like, how much will you receive, is there going to be any interest, uh, how long will you be receiving the profits for. So there's a, a, a conversation there, but the SEC doesn't fall within that scenario. Oh, that's awesome. So that's a really, a, a really wide window of opportunity for non-registered investors that they were really left out on the left field because once the rules change on peer-to-peer -peer lending, many of them are now investing in small companies because of the legalities and the intricacies of getting the SEC and the expense. But this way allows for people who have some extra cash, like Dali, to invest in other companies who want to start their business but doesn't have to go into that route. But those who do, what is the first step? Let's say if we get contacted uh, for someone who wants to raise money and they have potential investors, they will come and say, okay, Kelly, um, I have uh, some investors. I would like to start their transaction. What are the steps for them to do that with you? First of all, we would have that candid conversation. What type of an investor is this personal entity? Then we would say whether you'll be issuing stock for the money or is it going to be a loan? And if it's a loan, what's the length of the loan? What's the interest rate that you're going to get paid back? And if it is a loan, the person that the investor that is giving you a loan, it could be a substantial amount, may want a personal guarantee from Dali. Mm, right. 
without that person and and that's completely up to the company that's raising the money whether whether the individual wants to actually give out a personal guarantee if you know this is going to be a slam dunk and the company's just going to take off and you just need that handful of cash to get it started you shouldn't really have an issue giving out a personal guarantee the reason being is again we love investors investors want to feel comfortable that mm-hmm. they are going to get a return on their money unless they've got play money right they've got enough money where they say it doesn't matter i can lose that investment i don't need a personal guarantee but usually they they will say okay um, we don't know this could be a risky business you could close down tomorrow right as mm-hmm. a corporation or, or a registered entity you could dissolve tomorrow and then the investor doesn't really have a course of action against the company because it's gone so the the person really needs to the company that's raising money really needs to think this through uh, whether they are even willing to provide a personal guarantee okay and you said this is a, a loan does it does it fall, follow under the lending guidelines no because it's private oh awesome so many so many gold nuggets here i know exactly and and if it's a private transaction contract law will govern so make sure this type of transaction isn't done by a handshake you cannot prove a handshake in court (laughs) everything has to be written down in a contract form and it's going to be money well spent on legal if a company is trying to raise money this this is great great news Dali, questions? Yeah, I love it. And I'm pretty sure this is going to be very useful to people because when people think of, oh, I'm just going to go out and seek it out an investor, they have no idea about all of this. They watch Shark Tank and they're not hearing what Kelly's telling us, right? So right. thank you so much. Mm-hmm. No, and, and absolutely. And then from the, from the perspective of the borrower, because uh, a private company can raise up to how much money, uh, Kelly? A private company can raise as much money as they want. Oh, okay. As much money as they want. However, there is, again, it depends on the type of investor you're looking for. So obviously, if the money, if the company's trying to raise, let's say, $5 million, you automatically are going to attract a, a an accredited investor because they have the net worth of at least a million dollars. And they mm-hmm. have the net worth and, and they're, they're able to sustain that loss as well. So now comes the bigger picture and the more expensive picture. There's something that is called a private placement memorandum. Yes. It's PPM. Mm-hmm. And I highly, highly recommend all of my clients that are looking for at least, at least uh, $200,000 and above, at least to have this lengthy document that is, um, again, heavily regulated by the SEC. And that way you're protecting yourself as a company. You're protecting your officers as a company. And this PPM is a disclosure document. And Mm. without this document, I would not advise any client to move forward with any type of funding over at least $200,000. Okay. And I'm familiar with the PPM for the lending, for the investing, if they require, require requiring more than let's say five million, is a PPM uh, enough document, or they need more? 
No, no, the PPM is perfectly fine. It covers oh. anything from 200,000 all the way up to $1 billion. Oh, $1 billion. I know, just, just a regular one, billion, right? One, one other yet. <laughs> <laughs> I love the word yet. I'm yeah, we don't, we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. So, in uh, Delhi? One last question. So, if I'm an investor and I, I see, I sense disturbance in the piece, and I'm like, hmm, should I report this person to the FCC or should I be reporting this person to another entity if I feel like something's going on? So if you were an investor and you wanted to invest in a company, unless you have invested in the company, you won't have standing to report the company to anyone. So you have to, you have to literally have invested the money. The company would have defrauded you by not disclosing information. Absolutely, you would um, report them to the SEC and they have their own investigation and uh, their own uh, penalties. Okay, thank you. Yes. And one question, uh, Kelly. So for, uh, because this is something that I think uh, the chamber will be very uh, encouraged to uh, help um, those in the veteran community who are either trying to invest, especially now with we need more, more than one income, would like to invest, or they would like to re seek funding for their companies. So the uh, non-registered investors, do they have a title? How, how do you find them? What do you, how you look, how do you Google them? Is there a, a particular title or label that they go by? Not really, no. With, with I think, so let, let me step back for a second. Okay. Yes, the, the categories of investors you can have, again, family and friends. Those are usually unregistered unless they're just super wealthy. Mm -hmm. Then you have angel investors. Angel investors are usually, you know, anywhere from $10,000 to probably about $100,000, $200,000 angel investors. And then anyone above that is called a venture capitalist, so a VC. So these are the keywords that you can actually Google and see who comes up. Sometimes we do have hobby investors as well. I know of a mm. hobby investor and he's just fantastic. He's always been an entrepreneur all his life. He's moved to Carlsbad and he's just living life with his beautiful wife. And uh, he, he likes to stay engaged in local businesses and he wants to support local businesses. And so he'll obviously do his due diligence on the business. And if he chooses, it's a good, good path. He will write you a check for, you know, $10,000, $5,000, $25,000. That's again, could fall under a hobby investor. Okay. So the hobby investor is, you know, someone just plays around with that kind of stuff, this private, private investments. Okay. And then does the angel investors have to be uh, uh, registered, accredited? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the hobby investors don't have to be. No. Like community investors don't have to be. No. Okay. And that's, I mean, so they've got three, basically three different tiers of investors, hobby or community investors, as someone calls them, the, the angel investors, and then the upper tier would be the venture capitalists. Absolutely. Yes. Awesome. Well, this is really a great information. We may have to do this again, Kelly, because I know we're going to get questions. I have questions. Uh, you know, um, 
And I, I like that type of uh, entrepreneurship model. So uh, um, always have questions and always have people asking questions. And uh, I would love, to, I really would love to coordinate uh, where meeting funding companies can come in and, 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 and then put together with the investors types. Kind of a short, short tank, but not really, more of a personal <laughs> personalized level, community-based uh, investments, because that's, uh, that's more our, 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 our niche. So, so yeah, that would be great. So we may be talking later. So, and if we get people interested, uh, can I just send them to you so you can basically uh, do a deep dive with them and see uh, if that falls within the criteria they're looking for? Joe, I'm always available to you. I'm always available to your veteran community. We love veterans. I'm married to a veteran. Absolutely. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Dali? Kelly, as always, you're, you always give us so much uh, information that's very valuable to us. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Excellent. And we really went over time, but it was very enjoyable. It went really fast. Right. <laughs> And I'm sure there's a lot more information that we that you can share with us. But in this limited time, we just plan on doing it again. Okay. I'm there, Joe. Just let me know when. Awesome. Thank you okay. very much. Uh, well, I would like to, Dali, I would like to give it back to you so you can close the show, if you don't yeah. mind. Oh, of course. Definitely. Again, thank you, Kelly. Of course, Joe. And everybody, remember, drop your comments in there. If you have a question for Kelly, I'm pretty sure she's going to see it. And we can also forward it to her and share this video with everybody. So until next time, have a wonderful weekend. Thank you.